Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, sports editor at Star Local Media. I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson and Justin Thomas. Uh, let's continue talking soccer, fellas. We touched on the girls on Monday. Let's talk about some of the happenings in boys soccer on uh, on Thursday. As we now, uh, as we're, we got one week left in the regular season, most of our teams are on spring break, not playing any games this week. So let's, um, yeah, we finally got a nice period to uh, where these teams can breathe after it's been a, a taxing season at this point. So let's break down the happenings in our boys' districts, talk a bit about what is at stake heading into the final week of the regular season. And um, for the girls' podcast, Justin, we started in 6-6-A. We can start. Let's pivot to 9-6-A to begin this week, Hendrick, in a district that first off, thanks to head coach Alan Pocock out of McKinney for, with the assist on these standings. You have uh, in first place right now is, uh, is Allen. They're Allen on they're clinched. Allen, yes, they're Allen they're will have district titles in both boys and girls soccer. Um, they'd be buoyed. Um, I look back because that might be the first time that's ever happened. But I think, I think so because um, they made a big deal. They were very emotional. You know the team better than me, but they're very emotional about beating Boyd because they've been like the like I put in my story to be the man. You got to beat the man. Boyd's been the man, and they beat the man two zero. So it was very emotional for them to sweep Boyd and get that crown. I, I won't say this is more important than the crown, but that like let them. Know, like we're for real and they got the confidence to make a long run so I was very impressed with Allen oh yeah I mean Allen boys soccer's been making statements all season long they're um they're, they got 30 points that is six clear of second place so they're I mean they're they can still technically split the district title with Prosper if Allen loses out and Prosper wins out and then if that case happens Prosper would technically be the one well, seed because of head to head but Allen is at the very least guaranteed a share of the district title and I mean statistically they check out so far plus 14 goal differential that's the eye test best one yeah yeah I mean, so you've actually seen them so yeah. we we're like we we're just talking earlier just and like yeah. we're kind of in a phase where because of how long basketball I've coverage seen, went for we're still trying to kind of now play catch up as far as getting to yeah. see these teams play. Funny. Seen one boys game and one girls game I've actually seen there. everybody in the top five except for Plano mm-hmm. um, because um, because um, Boyd and McKinney both have good teams but Allen reminds me of Boyd last year they're really big and physical mm-hmm. they're quick they're not as good as last year's uh, Boyd team that's one of the best teams I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life but they're they know what they do and their young guys are playing above, I don't know to play above their heads, but they got some really young guys that can go. Mm-hmm. And then you got mixed up with those hungry seniors who um, like for them to have been a successful program, they're, they're running around like they've never won before. So you want that in your team. Oh yeah. And they're, they're definitely on a mission. That's mm-hmm. on the mission. Prosper is a team, I, I don't like using the word um, overachieving, but... Um, I don't think Prosper overachieves anymore. I think they're just awesome at everything. <laughs> yeah, that, <but laughs> like that, we can put that narrative to rest. They, they legitly... Um, but, yeah. but if you see them play, they're 
they're not as big as the other teams are in soccer, yeah. but they're super fast. Okay. And, they, and they, they can counter you like that. They scored, they beat Boyd on a counterattack off a goal, and the kid scored, and then um, Boyd ended up beating them back in Prosper. But their team, I do not want to see in the playoffs. If you want these 10, 6, 8 teams, you're going to have a problem with the Prosper Eagles. Yeah, um, yeah, just to kind of outline the rest of the district beyond Allen. So you have Allen in first place with 30 points, uh, Prosper second place, 24, uh, McKinney third place with 23, uh, Plano Senior fourth place with 20, McKinney Boyd um, one point behind Plano there in fifth place with 19. Um, those are the, and then I guess Plano West is still technically alive for a uh, spot as well. Boyd's the key because they play Plano and McKinney who are ahead of them. Mm-hmm. They they control their own destiny. Actually, now that I look at it, I'm not sure because I think Plano might have swept West this season and they're six points back of okay. each other. So West might actually technically be out now that I look at it again. West is nevertheless in sixth place with 14 points. Uh, Plano East and Jesuit bringing up the rear with three points apiece. <laughs> yeah, the rear. Um, but then, but, you have, I mean, with you know, I think but, at the start of the season, we we kind of saw Allen as just kind of like a, I don't know, like a, but on that playoff bubble, and just the the strides that they've taken this season were um, at least I don't know caught me by surprise. Internally, they might have expected a a run like this. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they've pitched ten shutouts. I mean, just the depth that they have on defense has been one of the real big contributors to them this season. I know they um you know they're who would you recall who was in goal for Allen against Boyd? I don't know because they've been having the role with a uh, with a sophomore Jackson Levitt who was uh, um, began the, the season as a backup and then their starters got hurt and he's been kind of thrust into a their big back role. line is very stout mm. their back line is like it's one of those things like they don't look like they're doing anything until they put a zero on you mm. their back line is very good everybody communicates and they're very efficient at what they do but the the domino that's going to fall is um it goes back to the man McKinney Boyd they're having a down year for their standards mm. they I think they've lost as many games this year they have the last three combined and I'm not exaggerating <laughs> no no that was a special run that the Broncos were in the midst of these past few years but with all that all, all they have to do is win their next two the, the two teams ahead of them are Plano and McKinney and they both see them next week mm-hmm. so for them to um, be in not a um, uh, a light a uh, uh, What's the word I'm trying to look for? For them not to be in a, a probable position, a favorable position, that's it. They still are where you want to be at. Mm-hmm. If you know they're going to last week, you win two games, you get in the playoffs, that's all you can ask for. And Coach Kobe Peak has them focused. He um, actually likes the fact that they have a break because they have to, as he said, they get to rebuild them their mentally and physically because mm-hmm. they got two big games coming up. Basically, the playoffs start for boys oh, yeah. <laughs> next Tuesday. So, I mean, you, you could even go so far as to say that the winner of that game between Prosper and Boyd on Tuesday that that team could very well be the team that gets that fourth seed. They play Plano. Plano. Yeah, Plano, yeah, Plano and Boyd, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. I mean, you look at the uh, you know the Wildcats. They have um, they've actually been one of the better teams in this district over the second half of district play, three and one. You know, since the uh, you know since the uh, since the turn. And ironically enough, you know, I saw them in their only loss when they got <laughs> you know when they got beat by McKinney three two. A weird game. That was a weird game. McKinney scores a goal nine seconds in to the first half and right. scores a game. I want to say forty to fifty seconds into the second half. Wow. Um, just Plano really came out sluggish to begin each half. <laughs> um, pretty evenly played match. You know, from that point. Forward though, um, but yeah, just uh, it's just weird to see a team. That's, I think that's the fastest goal I've ever seen scored to begin a match. <laughs> but that's yeah, that, that result was kind of an outlier. Like I mean, Plano beat Allen, you know, to start oh, the wow. second half. So yes, they do have. I a know Boyd beat the, them, and Boyd beats them. Mm-hmm. They, um, that that'll be big because they'll have to hit the head on Plano. Mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, so, uh, and, you know, with Plano, you look at, I mean, their past five goals have all been scored by different players, um, you know, specifically Jack Benders having a, a strong a strong offensive campaign for the Wildcats. And so, I mean, yeah, they're still, uh, they still technically have an outside shot at second place, but if they can, um, yeah, if they can get a win over Boyd specifically on, uh, on Tuesday, because after that they have Boyd Tuesday, then Prosper on Friday. So, I mean, they've got, I mean, they have an outside shot the, maybe the, getting second. To me, because we both covered on 96A, this is shaping up like girls' volleyball, like, well, I guess the only volleyball. <laughs> but, like, whoever gets in the playoffs could easily, they could easily have all four of these teams in regionals like, mm-hmm. they, like they did in volleyball. Easily. Yeah. I w- would you be surprised if all four teams end up seeing each other in, in regional or three out of four? Yeah, yeah, three out of four. I know that. I think Saxe and Rowlett are having pretty strong campaigns yeah. over in 10-6A. But, I mean, no, yeah, this this district always, I mean, it's this district always produces strong soccer soccer programs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no surprise. It's going to be a really good team sitting at the yeah. house <laughs> watching sure. like us. And you just look at, I mean, the way that the, I know obviously they don't plan for this in advance, but the way that the district schedule is just backloaded with all these key matchups, you have um, you have five, so Tuesday and Friday, you know, next week. On Tuesday, you have Allen and Prosper, top two teams in the district playing each other. Same night, you have Boyd and Plano, fourth and fifth, one point separates them in the standings. And then on Friday, you have Allen and Plano West, Boyd versus McKinney, Plano versus Prosper. So matchups, I mean, that are just chock full of, of significance uh, relative to the, uh, to the playoff picture. Um, let's see, and that's a look at um, yeah, that's a look at some of the happenings over at nine six a uh, Justin. Whereas over on the girls side in six six a, everything was all cut and dry. Yeah. No question who the four playoff teams are going to be. Not exactly the case with the boys. No, not at all. Only two teams know that they're going to be like the Lakers and not in the playoffs. That's MacArthur <laughs> oh. and Nimitz. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's right there. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, MacArthur and Nimitz are out. Other than that, everybody's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Capel's in first, tied with Flower Mound. Both of them are 8-3-1 mm-hmm. with 25 points. Marcus is third, 23 points. And then you have Hebron in fourth with 17 points. Louisville in fifth with 16. And Irving in sixth at 12 mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of work for Irving to do, but they could technically still get in the playoffs if they were to win out when they have two winnable games. Mm-hmm. Nimitz, who's eighth, and then they'll play Hebron, who they already beat earlier in the season. So if they're able to win out and somehow Hebron and Louisville would play to a draw, then MacArthur or Irving would actually have the same amount of points as Hebron and would get in on that tiebreaker, I think, <laughs> by winning both of them. How good is that? Have you seen Irving play? Uh, nope. I, the only two teams here I've actually That's seen right. play are Coppell and Flower. State no, it's my finalist. No, it's awesome because yeah. all they, had, they got in fourth last year and they beat three or four of yeah. the top ten teams in the state to yeah. get there because they beat Boyd and whoever's ranked number two. And then they um, have to win like two state games just to get the regionals. Yep. Like so, that they're they're a team that you don't want to see in the playoffs. They're a tough out. Yeah, um, but they're going to have a tough time getting there. Like I said, they have to win out <laughs> and have Louisville and Hebron play to a draw. So if, if either Louisville or Hebron wins, then they'll have enough points to eliminate Irving. Um, also interesting at the top here. So you have Capel and Flower Mound tied for first, and they play on Tuesday. Ooh. So it could be for the district championship unless. They play to a draw, and then if that happens and Marcus wins out, which is very possible against two teams that currently aren't in the playoffs, MacArthur and Louisville, that would make it for a three-way tie at the top, <laughs> assuming that Coppell and Flower Mound take care of the Irving schools mm-hmm. in their last games. So, um, How do you think it's going to go? I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, they were, it was a really good game. Yeah. I actually saw that game the first game. It was a really good game. Um, Coppell took it. At that point of the season, Capel was in fifth place. They looked to be kind of on life support. They needed to win that game against Flower Mound, and they did. 
and now they just got on a roll, and now they're, the two teams are tied for first. Mm -hmm. Flower Mound started off like with a fury, then they lost three in a row, and now they're right back at the top. Um, so then it comes down to that final playoff spot. Looks like it's going to be between Hebron and Louisville, fourth and fifth. And like I said, they're going to play on Tuesday. Um, and then Hebron also has Irving. Louisville has Marcus. So looks like it's going to come down to whoever wins that game, unless they tie, and then Irving somehow sneaks in there. So could have a configuration that works the same four teams on the girls' side, same four teams on the boys' side. It could, yeah, playoffs, absolutely. So. Three Louisville schools and Capel minus the Farmers. Yeah, I mean Capel, what a just <laughs> yeah. what a, what an impact they've made on the soccer district yeah. in both boys and girls. I guess you could talk about the regional rankings too. Capel second, Marcus is third, and Flarman is seventh. So teams getting respects in the polls as well. Mm -hmm. They're region one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they got yeah. the West. Yeah. Allen and Plano last year free from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it weren't for potential yeah. draws, we could settle this district pretty quickly here. But the ties still create some uh, some chaos p potential. Oh yeah, I mean a, th a potential three-way tie yeah. for first place, especially. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you recall off the top, like what the at least in previous years, what the tiebreaker has been? Is it point differential? Is it head-to-head? -head? I it thought it was head-to-head -head if yeah. it's just two teams, but okay. if it's more than two teams, then it gets to the goal differential okay. and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty, of, plenty at stake heading into that final week in 6-6-A, as well as 9-6-A. Uh, obviously still got some other districts to talk about, um, including the happenings over in uh, Garland ISD, Mesquite ISD, plus all of our 5A programs. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll get to that after a word from the sponsor. Yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And welcome back to the second part of the Boys Soccer Podcast. Earlier this week, we wrapped up the girls' discussion. Uh, and then Matt and, and Justin and Kendrick Johnson, they just wrapped up 66A, 96A Boys Talk. And now, Taylor Ragland, Brian Murphy, Devin Hassan, we're here to talk 10-6A, uh, 11-6A, and we have a lot of 5A action <laughs> to discuss on the pitch as well. Since they just wrapped up a bunch of 6A discussion, let's stick with that once again. 10-6A, 11-6A. How are the Mesquites and the Saxies of the world? And Rollette, I hear Rollette has dethroned Saxie in boys soccer. Is that correct? They have. They have. Oh. They, their, their first outright district title since 2006, uh, and they earned it. I mean, they went out there uh, week in, week out. Uh, last year, they had a very young team that struggled to make the playoffs. They got in as fourth seed by winning basically four of their last five matches. Uh, but playing those younger guys last year has really paid off. They have one of the best players in the state, and Kevin Adolfo. Uh, he's got more than 30 goals this season. Wow. Uh, he was a district MVP last season. Uh, Carson Prestridge, who actually played defender last year, made, made the move up to striker. He's got more than 20 goals. Um, so they've done it every step of the way. Again, no, no, um, no letdowns. And, uh, yeah, with 36 points, they are going to be your district uh, champions. Again, this district only has one more match. So um, they've secured it. Saxe is going to be the second seed. Uh, Saxe, uh, the two-time reigning defending champions, no more. But uh, a very solid group. I mean, kind of a committee approach. It's a different guy that kind of steps up offensively uh, every match. And then defensively, they're just stout. So, again, they uh, match up with 9-6-A in the first round. It's always a tough chore, whether you're the one seed or the four seed. Um, but I think both Saxe and Rowlett have the ability to, to, you know, to do some damage in the playoffs. As a Saxe alum, we were always known for boys soccer. And it's kind of weird to see that Rawlett is now a <laughs> district champion. We did not like Rawlett 
soccer at least. Well, and, while and, I was there, and I think while you were there, Saxy was nationally ranked, mm-hmm. and then they, then they fell off for a while. They mm-hmm. didn't even make the playoffs for a couple of years. Um, whereas Rowlett has been kind of that model of consistency in Garland ISG. They've made the playoffs every year since 2003. Uh, but you know, again, these are two teams that 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 test themselves well in non-district, and then this district I think is a little bit better than some people give it credit for. Uh, in, when it comes to soccer, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not nine six A. But what district is? But that's not. But those those Garland schools can play North Garland, and they may not be as good at some of the sports like football and basketball and softball and stuff. But when it comes to soccer, those Garland, the GISD schools, yeah, they can they can play. Yeah, and you've seen that. Saxony made a regional final a couple years ago Mm -hmm. before following in a tight game against Jesuit, who went on to win the state championship. Uh, Rowlett's made some some lengthy playoff runs. So again, it's it's a lot of people are going to point to nine six A and say, okay, those are going to be the four teams that Mm -hmm. that meet up in the in the third round of the playoffs. But I don't think that's a guarantee. I, I don't. I would be surprised if this district gets swept in the first round. Hmm. Interesting. So Rowlett, they they have the best chance of making the, the deepest run. Yeah, I think so. I think I think they have the firepower to score with anybody, and their defense is is good. It, it's it's not great. It's not one of those where hey, we've only allowed three goals all season. But when you have that uh, Kevin Adolfo and Carson Pressers and those guys who can score, um, that's going to give them a shot to win any game. Now, before we dip into the Mesquite schools. I want to find out Lake Dallas. What? What? what how have they been so good this year in boys soccer? <laughs> well, I mean, we when we do our, our predictions and stuff, I think everybody but me had the Colony first. I had I think Lake Dallas won the district and the Colony second. It was always going to come down to kind of those two mm-hmm. those two programs. And I think Lake Dallas has just overwhelmed everybody with the returners that they brought back. I mean, they had the best year um, they've ever had last season, uh, winning one round. I mean, advancing to the area round was the best year they'd ever had uh, beating Lone Star. Um, and then almost, you know, they were in within a minute or so, a couple seconds of upsetting Lovejoy um, and lost in overtime after a last-minute, literal last-minute goal to tie it against them. So um, a really good season last year. They graduated um, the district MVP, but they brought back, you know, Julian Fernandez, Brock Pope, Jaden Hendrick, on defense, Carlos Samora, Orlando Castro. It's just name after name after name after name of guy that was, you know, guys that were on the team last year were were huge contributors, especially guys like Brock Pope. Um, you know, they have Caleb Irving back in the net um, from last year. And, and everybody, the, the, the scary part, I guess, if you have to share the district with them again next year is that most of these guys are juniors. You know, they're going to lose a couple. They're going to lose Carlos Samora, um, you know, a couple guys. But they're bringing back, you know, just as many. And they have sophomores. Anthony Patty is contributing. Um, so it's really just an experience thing. I think it's, you know, losing Prosper obviously helps yeah. <laughs> uh, when Prosper goes to 6A and you get it, you get to be in a district without that kind of dominant force. Um, the Colony, obviously, they're not down. Um, but, you know, they're not quite that dominant, you know, the way that Prosper was. Um, Lake Dallas in the Colony, I believe, drew 1-1. Uh, the first time they played, Lake Dallas got the best of them in the second round. Um which helped them clinch, um, you know, the the district championship. I don't think they've lost a game in district. I think they have the one draw with the Colony, and, and they've pretty much just run through everybody else, and it really hasn't been much resistance at all. So, you know, I think they're just continuing to build on, on what they, they started last season. All right, and that now leads us to the Mammoth District. That is 9-5A boys soccer. Uh, two games left, finally, rounding out the 18-game season. <laughs> And as you can expect, the two-time defending state champion, Wakeland Wolverines, they are in first place with 39 points. They are on an absolute tear. But it gets a little tricky (laughs) after that. You have uh, three teams in Frisco, Heritage, Lone Star, and Centennial. Four teams, I should say, 
all within four points of each other. Oh, wow. So Heritage, you know, much improved Heritage team, by the way. They're at 36 points. Frisco, a very much improved Frisco team. They're at 35 points. Lone Star, a team that has made the playoffs the last couple seasons. They're at 33 points. And Centennial, your alma mater and last year's uh, district champion, they, if the playoffs started today, they would not be in at 32 points. But... I, I, I kind of crunched some numbers here. I looked at you know co- the you know the the next two opponents for all of these teams. Centennial faces Liberty and Independence. Those two are at the bottom of the barrel, seven points each. Should win those games. You know, must win. Should win those games. Lone Star right above them. They play Liberty and Lebanon Trail. Also, a Lebanon Trail, another team at the bottom of the barrel. They should win those games. But then you look at Frisco. They play Independence as well at the bottom of the barrel, but then they play Reedy, a team that's mathematically out of the equation at 21 points, but still not a lock there. So then it leads me to Heritage, and this is where Centennial could possibly get in because they play (laughs) Memorial. They're at the very bottom of four points, but then Heritage has to play Wakeland in the season finale, and that will be a doozy. Right there, if Heritage loses that game, Centennial takes care of business. That would leave them tied in points. I don't know how they would figure that out, but then that would give Centennial a chance uh, to to make a to, to clinch a playoff berth. Wakeland, I believe, if they beat Reedy, they clinch a playoff berth, and then obviously they play Heritage in that season finale. It, it's, it's you'd think you'd be able to figure stuff out in sixteen games, but no, no. it turns out you need number seventeen and eighteen. You also, need all eighteen <laughs> games to figure this one out. It, it is literally a, a team death match. Uh, in 9-5-A boys soccer. Obviously, last year, Wakeland won it all as the four seed out of that district. We were just talking before the podcast how they demolished Prosper in that first round. It was, it was kind of bizarre, really, but Wakeland, once the playoffs hit, they really turned it on, but it seems like they're already in in, in full full playoff championship mode. You know, any one of these teams could make a run. Uh, it's like 9 6 tested for sure. In a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, it's it's like once you get in the playoffs, any of those four teams, yeah. you don't even really, you can't really see them. They're all, you know, good and, and ready. And I think that's kind of an underrated aspect of districts like that. Like once you mm-hmm. get in, you've basically spent the last two or three weeks playing in the postseason mm-hmm. already. So, I mean, that's a huge part of it also. It's so many coaches. Nearly every coach I talk to, they, they tell me the boys and the girls' districts in soccer are the two best in the entire yep. state. You know, from top to bottom. You know, you have teams like, for instance, Reedy. They're mathematically out of the equation. I just saw them lose to Lone Star last week at the Star. In a lot of other districts, Reedy is a playoff team. Oh, yeah. No question about it. It's just... It's just the luck of the draw. You're playing against these absolute juggernauts. And Lone, speaking of Lone Star, they might have the hottest player in the district, in the area right now, in Eddie Knight. Uh, he's only a junior. Uh, he plays kind of like a left wing, left forward type deal. He's a left-footed guy. He's had three goals and an assist in a blowout win over Reedy uh, last week. He is the fastest guy in the field, and he knows how to score with his left foot. So that you know could be whoever draws Lone Star, if they indeed make the playoffs like they should, you know, given their strength of schedule in these final two games, that could be a tough draw. A team in Lone Star that has lost the last two years in the first round to Arl Turner and Lake Dallas. Yep. So this year could be the year Lone Star gets over that first round hump. So we'll see. But that leads us to our last district over there with uh, the Mesquites. 
Yeah, I'm going to touch on all the mesquites. <laughs> um, uh, first, uh, going back up to 6A real quick uh, to talk about 11-6A. Uh, there's two matches left in the regular season, and no playoff berths have been clinched, if that gives you an idea how even this district has been. Um, you know, Rockwall Heath uh, leads the way right now with 22 points, but there's a chance that even they could get caught. Uh, after that, you have Longview with 21, Tyler Lee with 19, Mesquite with 18, North Mesquite with 16. So... Any of those teams uh, can, can, can still make it. Um, you know, Mesquite is the defending district champion. Uh, they have Kevin Parr as their most consistent scorer, but they've got a lot of guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, they play at Rockwall, coming back from the break, who's in last place with seven points, but it still has given a lot of teams some, some troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's no guarantee. But I think Mesquite, if they take care of business there, they close out against Longview in a game that could have a, a playoff berth on the line there. Uh, North, Mes- North Mesquite, uh, Eriberto Camposano is one of the best scorers in the area. Um, he's kind of been rounding into form of late. Uh, they have a must-win game coming back against Horn. They had to close against Rockwell Heath uh, in the finale, but that was a one nothing game in the first meeting. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, two Mesquite teams still alive. Uh, the way it's shaking out, it looks like it's only going to be one one of them that moves on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we'll know a lot more when they come back on that Tuesday on how those teams respond after spring break. Um, but anything can happen. I mean, that's what this district has is, is, is been been like uh, since day one. And I'm sure that next that last week is going to offer up all sorts of surprises. Oh, for sure, for sure. Not much happening this week because it's spring break. A lot of teams are off until the end of this week. They won't get back to practicing until later, you know, Friday around around there or so. But next week, must must watch soccer as district titles and, and playoff bursts will be on the line in all of our districts. Well, and I was going to say, I know a lot of eyes are going to be on Frisco and those schools as far as the teams that can make a run. Dark Horse, West Mesquite out of 13 5 They have already clinched the district championship. Um, their first since 2012, I believe their first outright t- title ever. Um, but they've done it largely without Junior Saavedra, one of the top scorers in the area. He had 14 goals, but he's been banged up of late. So they've been able to run through that district without him. Uh, guys like Carlos Lara and Edgar Lopez uh, have stepped up. Fabian Luna, their outstanding goalkeeper, has 13 shutouts this season. Uh, they Almost, they won their first round match last year and almost beat Centennial in the second round uh, in a game I believe was three to two, but went down to the wire. Uh, so West Mesquite, a team that can make some noise. Botita's mm-hmm. headed back to the playoffs as well. Um, I don't think they have quite the star power. They've just been doing it by. Uh, they've had some younger guys step up. Leah Lane, uh, Miguel Rosales is a guy that's been a four-year guy for him. Uh, so Botita's going to be something, uh, a team that, that could go a couple of rounds deep. But uh, keep an eye on West Mesquite. This this is the team I picked to win district for the year, and uh, they did that. And I think they uh, they have the potential to, to to put together a nice run. West Mesquite regional tournament. Possibility? Possibility, yes. Could be, okay. Again, they, they go out east um, through that. Uh, you have to navigate those waters with uh, some unknown opponents. Mm. Um, and again, it's it's people are going to say all re- all roads lead through Frisco uh, in terms of length, lengthy playoff runs. But uh, West Mesquite proved last year that they could play with those yeah. teams. And they're even better this year. Interesting. And that was a really good Centennial team last year yeah. as well. Their, their playoff loss came against Wakeland in the next round after that. So we'll see if, if West Mesquite can do it. We'll see if Lake Dallas can keep, yep. their, keep their hot streak going and well into the playoffs, and we'll see what happens uh, with Frisco ISD. But that'll just about do it for the spring break edition of the uh, Boys Soccer Podcast. That's Taylor Raglan. I'm Brian Murphy. It's Devin Hassan. We'll talk to you next week. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. 
Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.